In today's show, we're talking Toronto Raptors for fantasy basketball for the upcoming season. Michael Bolton's going to talk about it as well, or maybe he's just going to listen. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We are here to talk Toronto Raptors. Earlier we spoke with Sean Woodley of Locked On Raptors about what his thoughts are from a local perspective. Now let's dig into the fantasy numbers on this team and try and figure out what we can get out of uh, out of the Raptors from a fantasy basketball perspective. So let's start by looking at their um, at their schedule, which is what we like to do at this point in the show. They have 52 quality games. That's one above average. Yeah, that's fine. 51's average. They've got 52, so not a bad number. They've got 14 back-to-backs. Nick Nurse is not someone. He's like almost a mini Tom Thibodeau in terms of minutes played for players. So I don't think we're going to have too many problems in regards to guys sitting out randomly. And again, that's not as widespread of a problem as... Um, as outrage uh, media would lead you to believe. They've got 11 games in the default Yahoo playoffs. That's pretty good. 4-3-4 and four is their schedule, so a pretty solid fantasy playoff schedule. And in my default playoffs, which end on March the 20th, they're 10 games. Again, one less than max, 3-3-4. Three, three, Not bad. Four games in championship week. So overall, you'd be pretty happy with that schedule. There's nothing that makes you want to turn off Toronto Raptors players when drafting based on their schedule alone. It looks pretty solid in that regard. Let's now look at the pressure points, like the things that can impact the projections for this team. And I think the number one thing we're going to look at is what the hell happens with Goran Dragic. There was thoughts that he would never you know, arrive in Toronto, and then that was dispelled, and then he was having comments about how he didn't want to be in Toronto. Then he took that back, and the GM said, we want him here, and there's still rumors of him going to Dallas. I don't know. By the time that we start the season, I would suggest it's probably a greater than 50% chance he isn't in Toronto, but I just don't know that. The rumor appears to be Dwight Powell, Jalen Brunson heading back for uh, Goran Dragic in a deal from Dallas, but who knows whether that's actually what happens. But the reason I mention this is if Dragic is gone, it does boost the value of a Malachi Flynn. The thing is that if it is Jalen Brunson coming back, you could argue that maybe Brunson's already a better player than Flynn. So maybe it doesn't impact Flynn that much. And that's always one of those things with prospective trades. What if this guy gets traded? This guy's numbers bump. Yeah, maybe, but maybe not. Because it depends what comes back in that deal. But it could be a case where you know, Flynn is moved into a 26-minute-a-night role because Dragic is gone, or he might stay in a 21-minute-a-night role. We, we just don't know. At this point, with the way that roster is set up, you, Malachi Flynn's the fourth guard on this team. Um, he could move into a third guard spot. That just really depends. So that Dragic trade is important. I think power forward minutes for Chris Boucher is really important because there's Ken Birch and there's Precious Achua who are going to get center minutes. We know Nurse despises playing Boucher at center for big stretches of time. With Siakam out, there's going to be an opportunity for Boucher to play as the starting power forward, or at least get a lot of minutes there. But if, say, when Siakam's back and then Scotty Barnes is playing some power forward as well, if Boucher isn't able to get on the court much at power forward, his value is going to be in trouble. And his ranking on Yahoo is insane at the moment. We'll talk about that. Oh, is it on uh, Yahoo? Yeah, on Yahoo, it's insane. 
Um, and it's a real chance that he busts just because if he can't get those power forward minutes and he can't get enough at center, there's just not enough upside there. And then one of the other things we're looking at is uh, OG Ananobi. But what about Scarf? OG. Stop ones. OG. Uh, you better stop OG. What's his usage going to be like? We saw at the end of last season when Lowry was out that Ananobi saw his usage go up and his efficiency stay pretty high. If he's able to do that, then he can crack the top 40 this year, maybe even top 30. Maybe he can, maybe he can't. You have to be wary with Ananobi about how much of his value is driven through the steals category. And yeah, I highly recommend when you're looking at, at Basketball Monster, for example, and you're, you're going through projections, that in the weighting section, you can drop the steals down a little bit because they do overinflate. And when you're talking low-volume categories, steals, blocks, and threes, yeah, marginal changes can have wild swings in rankings. And, and if you are absolutely beholden to rankings when drafting, it can throw you off. Now, the way that I draft, I don't look at you know, who's ranked there and pick them in that order, but just be really cautious. What I would suggest doing is giving a weighting of steals, blocks, and threes to about 0.7 or 0.8. So it just drops that value down because yeah, in pure straight projections, Ananobi comes out at like 28th. And there is under no circumstance do you draft OG there. Because if his steals go from 2 to 1.3 and it's done, then he's like the 70th best player. So do not look at that and go, well, you've got OG projected 28th, so I'm going to take him 28th. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Like I am begging you. There's one thing you take away from this podcast, from this show. Do not draft OG Ananobi inside the top 30. Do not do it. And I've explained that so many times about... You have projected ranks and draft value and all that sort of stuff, how it doesn't marry up necessarily. But I am really interested to see what Ananobi can do with a higher usage, which we expect. He could legitimately be a top 30 player this year. He could average 20 points per game, seven boards, two steals, one block, three threes. Maybe. He could become an absolute juggernaut. Probably doesn't, but he could. And I am really, really intrigued to see where his season goes. I'm also intrigued to... Get rid of problems such as excessive sweating. Thankfully, I'm not one of those people who has to live through that problem of, you know, what color shirt do I have to wear? Is it going to leave a big stain? Am I going to be embarrassed if I lift my arms up? But there are people in my life that I've seen, that I've dealt with who've had that issue, and it's a real problem. Sweat block is the answer. It's doctor created and doctor recommended. You get the sweat block wipes, you wipe them on before you go to bed, you wake up the next day, You're ready to go to work. You have your shower, go to school, whatever. And you're covered for up to seven days. That is remarkable. There's also the dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. Simple as that. These products have been around for over 10 years. They're also, at the moment, the number one selling product on Amazon. So, hey, those people can't be wrong. So go to Amazon, go to CVS, but more importantly, go to sweatblock.com because you can save 20% if you use our promo code, which is locked on. So go to sweatblock.com, use the promo code locked on, save 20% and uh, eliminate your hyperhidrosis issues forever. It can be a problem when you've got multiple devices for multiple things. You watch your live sport here, your favorite show there, your sports highlights in another spot. You got your friends log in for something else. It's just, it's too much. There's too much going on. It is clutter, it's confusion. There is a simple way that you can get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It is called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite shows, movies, and TV shows all in one place. No more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion 
and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. Find out more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required and content varies by package. Let's look at some breakout candidates. I've got OG on that list already. Yeah, I really think there's a big season coming for him. Malachi Flynn's a potential one. As I said, the way things sit at the moment, he is the fourth guard on this team. Now, there are a lot of people yeah, around free agency who are like, oh, Flynn is going to be a great fantasy option this year. I, I'm not as convinced on that. I think that public sentiment around Malachi Flynn being that player has uh, dropped. Because again, it's probably going to be Van Vliet or Trent starting. And then Dragic is the third guard there. If Flynn can move and get 26 minutes a night, he's a nice like 14-team league guy. But I'm not sure he's going to be a 12-team league influence player. I really like Malachi Flynn. I, I think he can be an NBA starter for sure. But when you when I, I can say that I like him, and I can say that I like what he did, and I can say that maybe I like what he is more than Gary Trent. He's also older than Gary Trent, so bear that in mind. Um, that doesn't mean that it's going to happen. They just paid Gary Trent. They view him as a guy that can play off Fred Van Vliet, and Dragic is currently still there. So the Flynn situation is one to monitor, so we can see where it goes and see what his role is and see what happens to Dragic and see how Nurse decides to play him. And there is real breakup potential. He's got really good fantasy stuff. But you know, the chance of it happening, you've got to be careful of. Same goes for Precious Uchua. Now, I don't particularly like Precious as an NBA player, but I do think that he can put up numbers if he's given the opportunity. So it might be one of those cases where his competition is Ken Birch, who is fine, like the definition of a middling center. There's Chris Boucher, who I've already touched on. I'm not sure how much he plays at center or how much they want him to play at center. If Achua can improve from last season, because let's be honest, he was garbage last season. But it's his second year. If he improves, he could take that starting center job and he could have some really good numbers. I don't think it would lead to the Raptors being a good team or being a better team. I just don't particularly like him as a player. But that doesn't preclude him from putting up fantasy stats. So he is a name to watch depending on how they run that rotation. And if he can get himself ahead of Ken Birch, there is something to, to watch there with Precious, even if yeah, I'm not particularly high on what he can be as a long-term NBA yeah, positive contributor as a center. I, I don't think he's quite there yet, nor that he'll ever get there, but opportunity can come and you can get to that level. Let's talk sleepers. And I did mention Ken Birch already. And the reason I've got to talk about him, he's ranked at 295 on Yahoo. Not really sure why that would be the case. Last year in 23 minutes a night, he was 225th. So he's going to be better than that. He's at 152 on ESPN and 175 on Fantrax. A lot of people are super excited for what Birch did last season. But remember, at the end of last season, he played like 32 minutes a night. There was no Siakam. There was no Lowry. And his usage went up. That will not be the case this season. Yes, Siakam won't be there to begin the year. But that doesn't mean that Birch is playing 33 minutes a night. Achua, Boucher... Barnes, Ananobi, all these guys are there versus what happened at the end of last season. I think your best case, maybe he plays 28 minutes a night. He is not, Ken Birch, a very good permanent producer. I think we, if, you look, if you're looking at the numbers that he put up at the end of last season and just flat translating them across to this year, it just won't happen. And I don't even think he was even top 100 in that stretch anyway. So if you want to take him with a last round pick, now this is, I'm talking sleepers. I'm here, hey, there's a sleeper, and then I'm shitting on the blow. That's not what I'm trying to do. What I'm trying to say is at 295, that's insanity. Right, to me, he's, he's a top 200 sort of player. So in 14, 16 team leagues, you draft him everywhere. right? But I'm not saying that he's an 11th round, 12 team league guy. I'm saying he's a guy that you maybe want to take with the last round. You, you, your last round fly, you try and see what that goes. Better, I think he's going to be better in points than in category leagues as well. Maybe 30, 40 spots better. 
Um, but 295 is insanity. Now, 152 at ESPN, it's about right because yeah, you take that flyer in the last pick with, a, I think, limited upside for where Birch goes. And the same goes for Scotty Barnes. I'm not really expecting Barnes to have a huge fantasy impact this season, but Yahoo's got him at 645, which is clearly ridiculous. Now, the problem there is that Yahoo's ADP has him at 131. So people are scrolling all the way down and then they're taking him 20 spots too early. I could only recommend taking Barnes with your final pick in a draft. Again, for upside. But maybe early in the season, there's a chance for Barnes to establish some minutes with... um, Siakam out. Sean thinks that Boucher will start. I think they might mix and match there. I think Barnes is an every night rotation play, but it's probably 21, 22 minutes. And I'm not sure he gets enough usage in terms of scoring. And I'm not sure the percentages, both field goal and free throws, they'll be significant negatives, I believe. And that's going to make him pretty tough to roster in a low minute, low usage, low efficiency role. That's just not great from a fantasy point of view. Maybe he gets some steals. Maybe he gets some assists, but I don't think he's going to be tasked with that role early on. So while 645 is really, really ridiculously low, he should be drafted in, say, 16-team leagues for sure, and probably 14s, but definitely 16s. Yeah, the ADP of 131 is too high. 148 on ESPN is all right, but I'm not massively into it. I, I just don't think that a guy that maybe is the eighth man on this team is someone that you should be targeting in 12-team uh, in formats. I think Van Vliet is a sleeper as well. Fred is at 33 on Fantrax, 29 on Yahoo, and 27 on ESPN. If Fred Van Vliet is not a top uh, 20 player this year. I will be surprised. He was 24th last year with some very bad field goal percentage. Yeah, you know, You're obviously punting that with him, and that pushes him to be like the 13th, 14th best player. But he will get more usage without Kyle Lowry and more assist opportunities, I would imagine. Regardless, yeah, those rankings suggest that he's going to be worse than he was last year where he was 24th. So yeah, Yahoo's saying, well, we, we think he's going to be worse. ESPN's saying we think he's going to be worse. Um, yeah, it, it, it's just it's just not going to be the case. Yeah, Fantrax got him at thirty three. Like it's it's just worse. Like he's just not going to be that bad. He's not going to be worse than he was last year in a situation that's more beneficial. I think he improves in points leagues. I wouldn't have him as a second round points league guy. Probably start of the third. Whereas you know, I'm happy to take him like top seventeen, top sixteen. In a, uh, in a category league. And then Ananobi, I think, is also probably a little bit too low. He sits at um, number 64 on uh, on Yahoo, and uh, he's at 65 on Fantrax. On ESPN, he's at 49, and maybe that's a little bit risky. But again, just be really careful when looking at OG in, in terms of those steel numbers and how that can impact. But you, if you get him at 60, like that, that's, that's theft. Um, his yeah, ESPN ADP is actually significant lower than the rank of 49. He's at 64 there. To me, he's a guy that you take in the 50s range, 45 to 50 range, rather than the 65 type area. Points leagues, he's not as good. And I think that that 60, 60 odd spot in a points league is exactly the right spot for him. But in a category league, uh, you can go uh, quite a bit higher for Ananobi and feel okay about that. Let's look at some busts. I think that looking at Chris Boucher at pick 49, where Yahoo has him ranked, is crazy. It's cr- it's crazy to me. He was 67th last year. He played 24 minutes a night, right? There was so many ups and downs. He had top 20 value at times, and he was outside the top 150 at times. He was all over the shop. I do not want on my basically my fourth round pick to have that sort of value. So they're, they're looking at the going, well, we think Boucher is going to be better. There is Birch, there is Achua, Siakam, Barnes, there's all these guys. I don't think that... Yeah, Boucher might get that 24 minutes again. I don't think he's getting 27 minutes. 
If he gets 27, then the 49 makes sense, right? I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case. Um, you've got his um, his fan tracks at 63. Yeah, it's probably a little bit too high as well. ESPN's got him at 78. I, I don't mind that. That's probably the right area. There is some upside, but again, what's the likelihood that Nurse reverses course and plays him 27 tonight? I, I think it's pretty limited. It could happen, but I think it's limited. I'm not massive on Gary Trent, as you're well aware. Trenut last year played 31 minutes a night. He was the 173rd ranked player. He is not a good category league player. He can score and he does it really inefficiently and he doesn't really do anything else. No rebounds, no steals, no assists, no blocks. Doesn't get to the line. He's a good uh, good volume guy, good threes, but it doesn't, it doesn't add up to much. And it's not like, well, now he's got this big role. He played 31 minutes a night last season. I do expect the usage to be higher than what it was for last season, and then that can help. But yeah, he's going at 116 on Yahoo, 110 on Fantrax, and it's too high. In fact, Yahoo, his rank is 116, and his ADP's 108. So people are drafting him higher than that. It's too high. I, I don't... What upside are we... Oh, maybe I'm wrong on this. Maybe he comes out and averages 20 points, hits three and a half threes with probably, yeah, combined three and a half rebounds and assists. He can be an okay defender. I just think he's horribly overrated. Then the efficiency absolutely kills, and he doesn't do enough in other areas. Um, in a points league, Trent is still not particularly great. He was 153rd in standard Yahoo points leagues last year. Yeah, I, he can be fine, but I just don't think that he is as good as some. I, and I could very easily be wrong on this. If you want to take a flyer on Gary, go ahead, go ahead. I think there's just too much inconsistency. And the overall sum of what he does is it's not rosterable in most cases. There is the value there because he's going to get shot attempts and he's going to get minutes and he's got a role. But in the end, maybe it just doesn't amount to huge amounts. That's that's sort of how I'd be viewing it. And then I'd said Barnes was a sleeper with Yahoo. I think at 148 on ESPN, taking him, that's a bit of a bust. I don't really see much upside value in uh, in Scott Barnes by taking him at that spot. Guys, if you need parts for your car, you don't want to go into your local chain auto parts store. You trudge in there, you line up at the queue behind the counter, and the bloke there, he sits there and he tells you, mate, bloody three to four weeks, the warehouse, you know, postage is killing us. We can't get the stuff in. Yeah, nothing's here. We've got too much of a backlog. And yeah, can I charge you more money? And you go, my guy, as Jack Armstrong would say, we're going to do do, uh, audio drops in ad reads? Yeah. Go to rockauto.com. They are an online family business serving auto parts customers for the last 20 years, whether it's brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet. Rock Auto has everything you need for your car or truck. So go to rockauto.com, check out their extensive range on their website and find all the parts available for your car or truck. And in their How Did You Hear About Us box, right, locked on so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Let's look at some deep league flyers now. Um, I've got a few names we've mentioned there already. Birch and Achua. I don't think that they should be 12-team league options. I think maybe you could look at Birch as a last pick in a standard league, um, but in a more of a deeper league guy. Flynn as well is more of that guy we look at in deeper leagues. And same with Goran Dragic. Maybe you could take a flyer on Dragic if they do start him next to Van Vliet. 
as a last pick, but he is not that fantasy force that he was, say, four or five years ago where he was in that 50 to 70 range for many years in a row. He's not that guy anymore. The efficiency's dropped off. His passing's not there. His shooting's not great. He's not quite there, but as a nice deeper league player, I think Dragic is interesting. His value, I think, would drop, Goran, if he did end up in Dallas behind Luka Doncic. I don't think those two will play together huge amounts. They'll do some, but not huge amounts. So I think that loses some of uh, some of Goran's, dra- uh, Goran's value over there. Now let's have a look at the rest of the players on this roster. Pascal Siakam is going to miss about the first month of the season. You saw my points league mock draft that I did last week. He fell to like in the 90s. If you get him in the 90s, it's great. I think on a per game basis, um, Siakam is like third to fourth round player. You don't want to draft him next. He's going to miss a little bit of time. But at the moment, Siakam has got... Now, maybe he's a little bit of a... I should have had him as a sleeper. He's at 76 rank on Yahoo. You take him there every day of the week. He was 44th last year. ESPN's got him at 44, which is all right. But yeah, I'd like to push him into the 60s before I draft him just because missing that first month of the season. But I'm okay with that. I don't think there's going to be any issues with him getting set back. It is a shoulder. It's not a knee or an ankle or an Achilles or anything like that. I feel all right, and I think you can push him pretty late. I wouldn't want to go 40s or 50s for him, or maybe even 60s, but if I can get 70s, 80s, 90s, I think there's good value in Siakam, who should see, I think, a little bit of an improvement on what he did last year as well. They also signed Sfima Luke. This roster has got a lot of guys. They've got two guys that need to be waived. I think those two guys are going to be Isaac Bonga and Ishmael Wainwright, but maybe maybe it's not. Maybe it's Sfi, probably isn't. Maybe it's um, Sam Decker. I don't know. Their roster's pretty weird. Last season, Freddie Gillespie put up some really big numbers at the end of last season. I don't think he's going to be a rotation guy. There's Barnes, there's Boucher, there's Siakam, there's Ananobi. At center, there's Birch, there's Achua. I just don't think Gillespie is going to be an every night player. So while, again, he was great and getting tons of blocks at the end of last season, I don't think that they would be or you should be viewing him as a long-term, yeah, great prospect. He is 24, so may, maybe there's a little bit of upside still left in him, but I'm just not sure he's going to be an every-night player. Well, Yuta Watanabe played most games last season, and with the arrival of Barnes, I think he probably gets shunted out. When Siakam's injured, we might see Watanabe in the rotation to begin the season, but he's not much of a fantasy option. They're two rookies, David Johnson and Delano Banton. Johnson's a two-way guy. I'm not sure we'll see much of him, while Banton is signed to a full contract. Banton's like a 6'9", no-offense point guard who will get good defensive stats. A long way down the pecking order at this point, there's Dragic, Flynn, Van Vliet, all clearly ahead of him. Um, not sure we'll see much of Banton this season. And then Justin Champagny is the uh, the other two-way guy along with David Johnson. And again, this team is relatively deep, and you'd expect those guys not to play uh, not to play a huge amount this season. So if we want to look just you know, an overview, I think Van Vliet's a nice second-round guy, probably third in points. Um, Ananobi, be really careful of being skewed by steals in, in rankings and projections. He's a nice guy in that 40 to 50 zone, not the third round, not the top 30. Don't draft him there. He can get there, but don't do it. Siakam, the injury pushes him down. Might be a bit of a steal, I think, coming through. Boucher, watch that Yahoo rank. I think he's more in the uh, 70 to 90 range in my mind. Uh, Dragic, uh, Gary Trent, they're not guys that I'm looking at to draft in standard leagues. Flynn and Birch, maybe I take a flyer in the last pick, probably Birch over Flynn. Maybe I look at Trent as a last pick as well. I'm just not overly excited with his overall fantasy game, and I'm not sure that there's significant upside there. Well, I just don't think Barnes is going to play enough to have really too much of an impact this season. Guys, that'll do it. 
for this show. We have two more teams to cover. The Washington Wizards will be coming later today. And then at the end of the week, we've got the Golden State Warriors, and then that is done. So if you don't want to miss any of these shows, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app on YouTube. Give it a thumbs up. Leave your comments down below. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you think about anything. Just drop it in the comments. Drop it in the live chat if you're on the premiere here as well. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.